0: Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry emphasizing God's unconditional love and grace. We pray that you'll be blessed as Andrew teaches insights from the life of Elijah. And now here's Andrew.
1: But every day when she got up, she still had just a little bit of meal, a little bit of oil, and she got up and made for Elijah first on a daily basis. And then when she got through cooking for Elijah, she went back and there was enough for her and for her son. And this just happened day after day, year after year, supernaturally God supplied. You know, most of us would like to have an entire year or decades worth of supply so that we don't have to seek God and don't have to depend upon Him. But the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. In the what's commonly called the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, it says, give us this day our daily bread. God doesn't give you a whole year's supply or two years or five years. He wants you to trust Him every single day. And you need to get to where you give on a regular, deliberate basis. And God just systematically, daily, comes through for you. I tell you, I'm speaking words from God. THIS IS GOD SPEAKING TO MANY OF YOU, THAT YOU NEED A MIRACLE IN YOUR FINANCES, AND YET YOU'RE PRAYING AND WAITING, BUT ARE YOU SOWING SEED? ARE YOU GIVING? THIS WOMAN NEEDED TO GIVE. Do YOU KNOW, ELIJAH WAS THE MAN OF GOD. ELIJAH COULD HAVE STAYED IN THE HILTON. HE COULD HAVE STAYED IN THE REGENCY OR WHATEVER. GOD DIDN'T SEND ELIJAH THERE JUST FOR HIS SAKE. HE SENT ELIJAH TO THIS WOMAN FOR HER SAKE. You've got to understand that God is asking you to give, not because I need it or your church needs it or somebody else needs it. God is asking you to give because you need it. You need to trust God. And it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, I'm trusting God. I couldn't tell you how many people come to me and they have just run up a white flag, they've quit, they've surrendered. And they may be praying, but they're just praying, you know, that God somehow or another will intervene. But they aren't taking any steps of faith. They aren't doing anything normal. They figure, what's the use? They've just given up. This woman wasn't like that. There was a place called there for her. And for her, it was out doing what God had um, told her to do. She was planning on success. And so then Elijah comes to her and asks her for some water. She goes to fetch the water and he says, while you're at it, would you make me a little cake and bring me something to eat? And this woman did say in verse 12 that she was just going to use her last little bit of food to make something for her and for her son that they might eat it and die. And some people take that literally and think that she's just has no faith. She's expecting to die. But again, God had spoken to her. He said that in verse 9. In verse 10, she was out there doing something instead of sitting at home giving up or praying for something. And I believe that instead of her making a confession that she was going to die, she was just stating the natural fact to see, are you the one that God has spoken to me about? And then Elijah, in verse 13, said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son. Did you know so many, there is a prejudice. There is a resistance against ministers receiving offerings. And you know what? I understand it. I really do because I have been in meetings where ministers have manipulated and coerced people. And uh, some of this, is well-deserved. Not all of it, but some of it is well-deserved. And so I understand that. But did you know Elijah said, make for me thereof first. You could take that as a total selfish thing that, you know, I don't care about you and I don't care about your son. I don't care if you die. You take your last little bit of food and give it to me. Some people could read it that way. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people that you think this is exactly how ministers operate. But I'm telling you, Elijah wasn't taking from this woman he was giving to her. She needed to take a step of faith, and she needed to give. You know, I mentioned this on one of my programs a while back. I taught not too long ago on the power of partnership. And I went to a little church where one of our Bible college graduates lived up in the mountains of Colorado, And he wanted me to come to his church. And he only had like 20 or 30 members. And so he went together with two other churches. Altogether, there was 100 people in attendance. And they asked me to come. So I said I'd go. And when I got there, they said, we want you to receive the offerings. They didn't tell me why. But to me, I thought it was because they figured I wouldn't get very much money. But if I would received the offerings, I wouldn't have anybody to blame but myself. So they wanted me to receive the offerings. So the very first service... I got up and told them I just came from Charlotte, North Carolina. This has been quite a while ago, and I had just come from a church that gave me like $60,000 in the offering. And so I stood up and told the people, I said, I just came from this church. I just got an offering of $60,000. I'm not a poor preacher. I didn't barely get into town. And if you don't give, I won't be able to get out of the town. I said, I don't need your money. And when I said that, this pastor, he was sitting on the front row. You could just see the blood, all of the color, drain out of his face. He, he just—it was like you've killed the offering. Because again, most people think that the only reason to give is because this ministry needs your money. Now, I'm not saying that churches and ministries don't need money, but that is not the reason to give. And what I begin to do is to teach those people: it's not about what I need. You need to trust God. You need to take a step of faith. And I just, I could spend weeks on this. I'm not going to do it today, but there is something supernatural that happens when a person takes a step of faith in the financial realm. I mean, it is miraculous. It is supernatural. Let me put it to you this way. I have never met a mature Christian which you could debate what a mature Christian is, but uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. But I've never meant what I call a mature Christian that isn't a giver. I mean, not just an occasional giver when it's convenient, but they give off of everything they get. They give off the top, the first fruits. They don't just give if there's something left over and it's convenient. No, they are committed givers. I have never met a mature Christian who's not a committed giver. On the other hand, I have met many, many, many Christians who are nice people, and they may love God, and they may have had their life changed, but they're just kind of up and down like a yo-yo. They may be on fire for God now, but if I come back the next year, I'm not sure that they're going to be there. I've seen this over and over, and I mean it is consistent that the people that are up and down like a yo-yo are not the committed, faithful givers. They may give occasionally, but they, they don't just have a revelation on this giving. And I believe that there's a correlation. People who are immature and struggling, and are up and down and in and out, and you don't know for sure if they're going to continue to serve God next year, those people only give when it's convenient to give. People who give on a consistent basis, who have a revelation, and they just trust God, and they don't trust God one time, they don't do it in spurts. You know, the Bible says that the just live by faith. They live there. This is how they conduct their life. People like that are mature, and they can weather storms, and they can go through hardship. And it doesn't matter what happens. If somebody they love dies, if they lose a job, if something happens, they're still going to be serving God, and they just have a commitment level. And I'm telling you, there is a direct relationship between the way you handle money and your spiritual maturity. I know some of you are saying that is not true. Let me share this passage with you over here in Luke chapter 16. I wish to had time to teach on the whole context of this, but here's what Jesus said. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, he says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. And you know what he's talking about? If you read it in context, every verse in front and every verse behind it is talking about money. He's saying that trusting God with your money is the least use of your faith. And I meet people all the time say, oh, I believe in God for a healing of cancer. I'm believing God for my family to be saved. I'm believing God to show me direction to make this business work. But they won't trust God in their finances. They feel like, well, I'm just not there yet. You know, that's for the super saint. That's for the super dupers. That's for the ones who want a doctorate degree in Christianity or whatever. But for us... Uh, You know, entry-level Christians, I can't trust God like that. Jesus is saying trusting Him with your finances is the least. This isn't for the super saints. This is for the baby Christian. The baby Christian. And when you start trusting God, there is something supernatural that takes place. I'm telling you, I have seen this in my life. Right now, I'm in a position where I'm believing God for mega bucks. And you know what? I am giving like I have never given before. I give away hundreds of thousands of dollars every single month. And I am planting seed and I am doing things because there is a direct relationship between giving and receiving. Luke six thirty-eight: give and it shall be given unto you. Everybody would like it to be given unto them, but they don't want to give. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I believe it's around verse 6, or verse 7, it says, He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. That was verse 6. And then verse 7 says, Every man as he purposeth in his own heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, because God loves a cheerful giver. You know that verse 6 says, if you sow a little, you reap a little. If you sow a lot, you reap a lot. And there's a lot of people, everybody I know wants to reap a lot, but they want to sow as little as they can and yet get as much as they can. You know, if a farmer had that attitude, he'd go broke. You're going to plant just a few seeds, but you want a huge harvest. No, it's just the opposite. A A farmer looks at the harvest that he wants and he plants seed accordingly. Did you know that you can determine the harvest that you get by how much seed that you sow? And I know that there's some people that think, well, you can't do that. That's what a farmer does all of the time. You know, if you have X number of acres and you need this much um, harvest and stuff to pay your bills, that determines how much seed you plant. And they plant seed proportional to the harvest that they want.
0: That's all the time we have for today, but be sure and tune in again as Andrew continues to teach on the life of Elijah. Take the opportunity to learn valuable life lessons from the Bible and avoid the school of hard knocks by getting Andrew's complete series titled Lessons from Elijah. It's available in either a CD or DVD album, a book in either English or Spanish, or in a study guide. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. The second audio teaching in today's series is titled Widow of Zarephath. It's available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide this second CD free of charge. Our address is P.O. Box 3333, Colorado Springs, 80934, or call 719-635-1111. Again, that's 719-635-1111 or go to our website at any hour. You can use credit card to order any of our ministry materials online 24 hours a day at www.awmi.net. Hello, this
1: is Andrew Womack and I'm the host of the Gospel Truth radio program that has been airing on radio since 1976. But we have just canceled our radio programs. I'm sad to do that, but I think that that's what I had to do. And I want to let you know that we still have our television program available, heard all over the world. We have so much ministry material available to you on our website. There's just a number of ways that you can still take advantage of the truths that God has given me. So go check it out. You can go to awmi.net on our website and it just has all kinds of ways that you can still continue to receive so god bless you as you continue to grow in your relationship with the lord